queries with uh, share or visual message for year 2020 based on Isaiah chapter 43. The God is going to do the new thing. And starting from today until end of April, uh, we are going to share uh, like Joseph. Here comes the dreamer. Uh, also, in the month of February, uh, we'll also include a missions month as well, including March 1st and Sunday. So we'll be kind of getting out, but we'll be going through uh, this journey of Joseph, who was a dreamer, and that God has given him a dream, and how God is going to fulfill his dream through his journey. So I hope and pray that all of us that will anticipate fully dream before the Lord as we go through this journey of Joseph. So today, as the first title of the sermon, uh, it says, uh, The Dreaming. God's size and So, brothers and sisters, we need to be reminded again and again when God does new things in our lives, He gives us holy dreams. Joseph was known as a dreamer by his brothers. In verse 19, it says, They said to one another, Here comes the dreamer. Of course, the brothers really like Joseph. So, in a very negative way, condescending way, they were praying down, and then it was very evident throughout the scripture that Joseph was known as a dreamer. What kind of dream do you have in your life? Do you have a dream? Maybe some of us have a dream, like you know, two weeks ago, there was a man in Redmond. He won $7 million. That's nice. Some of us were dreaming about that we wish you know, it happened to be Saga or an intro, maybe it happened to our family, you know, kind of thing. Is that something that we dream about? Maybe some of us, uh, we had a dream when we were younger and we are very busy and we want to somehow achieve or fulfill that dream. Maybe some of us have a dream, work hard, make lots of money, save so that we'll have early retirement and then we get to travel all over the world. We get to play golf, you know, we get to enjoy our rest of our lives, the early days on. Maybe some of us we have a dream, you know, graduating from this school, getting into a good company, and have a secure job. Maybe some of us have a dream to start a family, to have children, or maybe we have a dream through our children that we have this big dream that our children will do something significant in their lives. What kind of dream do we have? And you know that those dreams are not necessarily different from the you know, dreams from the people who do not know, do not believe in Jesus Christ. So what is the difference between your dream and non-believers? What are some of the godly dreams that you may have in your heart, in your life? This morning, as we begin dreaming God's size dream, uh, I think we need to first differentiate between God's size dream and then initiated dream. The first thing that we need to be reminded is that God's size dream is not out dreaming God's plan. It is very clear that when God gives a dream, it is based on His plan for our lives. So I'm not talking about purely ambition. It's something that we want to conquer in our lives or running ahead of God. It's something that we want to fulfill on our own 
ambition, our own pleasure. But it is always initiated by God. Because God has a wonderful plan for our lives. God has created us, God has formed us, God has redeemed us so that He has a purpose and He wants to fulfill His vision and His dream through all of our, our lives. So I want to make it clear that God's dream is not about outdreaming God's plan. It is initiated by God. But also, we need to differentiate between daydreaming and night dreaming. So I'm not talking about night dreaming, something that we dream at night or something we wish it were to happen. Just like 649 or 70 million jackpot or something, like, oh, it would be nice for something to happen, night dreaming. Then what is the difference between daydreaming and night dreaming? T. Lawrence said, all men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds awake to the day to find it was all vanity. But the dreamers of the day are dangerous men, for the many act out their dreams with open eyes to make it possible. Are you daydreaming or nightdreaming in your life? As we come to the life of Joseph, he was a dreamer. And he was a daydreamer. That God has given him a dream to become a leader. Of course, he didn't have any detail how God was going to unfold his plan. It was very vague. He was only 17 years old. But one thing that is clear is that this dream that he had, it was not initiated by him. It's not something that, you know what, I want to be better or I want to be higher than my parents or my brothers. Not based on his human ambition, but it was God-initiated dream. But of course, there are a lot of problems, as you see, uh, from a human perspective. Because in verse 7 and verse 9, it talks about his brothers and father, mother, bowing down to him. In verse 7, behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And behold, my sheep arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheep, uh, your sheep gather around it and bow down to my sheep. In verse 9, he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. That you may think that, you know what, that's very ambitious. Joseph was proud. Of course, Joseph was 17 years old. He was immature. I think he also had pride as well. You know, some people say Joseph was like sinless. You know, he didn't have any uh, problem or any sin, and yet he was innocent getting betrayed by his brothers. I disagree. I mean, look at this. He was hated by his brothers. Very proud, immature. Because if you have a dream or vision, something like that, you know what? The best thing is for you to just Keep it in your heart. But he was telling his brothers, one day, you know, I have a dream that all of my brothers will bow down to me, or even the sun and the moon. And he was hated by his brothers and said, who are you to have this dream? The Bible is very clear that this dream was not initiated by himself, but it was initiated by God, and somehow that God is going to sanctify the dreamer. Brothers and sisters, when God gives us a dream, 
God will fulfill, but one thing that he does, that's what we're going to hear starting from next week, is that he is going to sanctify the dreamer. Sanctify us. And he will also sharpen our dream. But early day on, he trusted. And he was doing something about it. You know, when God gives us a vision or a dream, he may not give us in detail. But the people who truly experience the fruit or the result out of those dreams are the ones, daydreamers, they are doing something about it. Actually doing something about their dream. And one thing about Joseph was that he proclaimed and he shared with his other people. And the Bible says that Jacob, even though he rebuked Joseph, he took it in his heart. He remembered. So therefore, when God gives God-initiated dream, do not take it lightly. Treasure it in your heart. And do something about it. For example, Hudson Taylor, he was converted at the age of 15. He dreamed about China overseas missions. And as we know, missions organization, OMF, began inspired by this dream. But as he dreamt, he's now just about one day, I'm just going to go to China and evangelize and do missions. He started having, controlling his diet. Even though he was growing up in Europe, he was eating Chinese food in order to control his diet. He refused to sleep on a comfortable uh, bed, but he slept on the floor, hard floor, to train himself for missions in China. Charles Spurgeon came to know Christ when he was 15 years old. And he dreamt about becoming a powerful preacher, inspirational preacher in his life. So at the age of 20, he mastered, read Pilgrim's Progress 100 times along with the Bible. And he began preaching ministry at the age of 20 years old and planted Metropolitan Church at the age of 27. We have some teenagers here or young students. What is your dream? Are you daydreaming or night dreaming? What are you doing something about it? Even John Calvin, he mastered biblical languages such as Hebrew and Greek early days on and published Institutes of Christian Religion when he was only 27 years old. We're not talking about these spiritual men and women of God, but even people who made impact in people's lives. They were not night dreamers, but they were daydreamers doing something about taking steps towards God-initiated dream in their lives. If you're dreaming about making impact through relationships, what are you doing about, about your character? the way that you love other people, the way you relate to other people, what are you doing about it? Parents, if you really dream about your children making impact and becoming amazing disciples of Jesus Christ, not just praying and dreaming about it, but what are you doing about 
your relationship with your children. These spiritual giants did not waste their lives because they had the dreams and visions and they were the daydreamers. Second point that I want to share with you is that God-sized dream is beyond our limitation. And that's why you call it God-sized dream. The dream is initiated by God. It's a gift from God. Therefore, the gift of God is not limited by our own human limitation. The first, it is beyond our pain in the past. We all have pain in the past, either from our upbringing or failure in our relationships, our rejection in the world, that somehow those things paralyze us or holding us back. And so we think that our past or our limitation limiting us so that we cannot dream in the future. You know what? That's a misconception. That's distorted truth from the enemy. When we look at the scripture again and again, God even brings a dream, even through our pain. God sanctifies our pain when we are healed and when we are restored through Jesus Christ, that he's a redeemer, but also he's a dreamer, that he gives us God's kingdom dream in our lives. Today, Pastor chang talked about the woman who brought alabaster jar, who was broken, who was rejected by society in our past, and yet, Jesus says, you know, wherever the kingdom of God is preached and the gospel is preached, talk about her. Talk about this story, beautiful story. So God sanctified our past, and he turned that into a dream. When we look at the life of Joseph, you know what, his background? You know, he had so much pain, rejection by his brothers. Those of us who know the story, his father was Jacob. You know, Jacob was not loved by his father. He was loved by his mother. But after stealing the first birthright, he had to flee away, and he went to uncle's house, Laban. And he falls in love with Rachel. And uncle said, you know what, if you work for me, I'm going to give you Rachel. So he worked so hard. Every day, working, 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 so hard. And then, the finally, you know, the wedding day, and too bad, and, uh, you know, during that time, in that culture, you know, they cover the face. So Jacob finally gets married, but then after he wakes up, you know, it was not Rachel. It was Rachel's older sister, Leah. He was deceived. But again, Laban said, you know what, if you work another seven years, I'm going to give you Rachel. So finally, after working 14 years, you know, having, you know, Rachel, but it was so complicated, right? It's like, it's hard to have, you know, healthy marriage, hard to have a healthy family, but when you add, like, not just one wife, but two wives, and they bring maidservant, four ladies, now they're, like, having competition, fighting all over like, who gets to have a son? Who gets to have more son? And Rachel was barren. She couldn't have a child. She was desperate. Her sister having sons. So desperate so that, that Rachel will bring her maidservant 
Bilha, and having children. And then Leah bringing her own maidservant, Zilpha, Zilpha, and then having children. So like Rachel going through this difficult time, what's wrong with me? Am I cursed? All these three ladies having children, no problem. What's wrong with me? So much pain, out of desperation. It became deep pain. And she was desperate, and she was praying to God. And finally, God hears her prayer, and then Joseph was born. But Rachel, she would not settle with one. I must have another one. And as we know, Benjamin was born, and yet as she was having Benjamin, Rachel passed. So can you imagine Joseph growing up, but his mother passed early days on, and stepmothers are giving him, you know, a hard time. The brothers are giving him a hard time. Maybe some of us, we can relate to, like Joseph. Maybe our background, our family background was not as peaceful. So much fight and turmoil, split, dysfunctional family, pain and hurtful words by our parents or even our siblings. Not only family background, maybe some of us, we have a past limitation. We were not loved. We didn't have a secure relationship with our earthly parents or even with our siblings. What kind of pain do you have? And the one thing that we know is that God-sized dream is beyond our pain. In fact, God turned that pain into a dream. But oftentimes when we grow up such like this dynamic or relational hurt or past or failure, we think that, you know what? How can I, how can someone like me dream? I don't deserve to have a dream. I am limited. I am nobody. Secondly, it is beyond our qualification. You know, Joseph was immature, prideful. He was only 17 years old. But if you really look at it, I mean, no wonder why. Because Joseph's father, Jacob, was immature. I mean, what kind of father is that? Like, I mean, just he's not wise. Come on. If he really loved Joseph, he should kind of make him more tough, right? But the Bible says, it's like all of his brothers are working so hard. But Joseph not working, right? Just going around, walking around. You're doing something wrong. And tattletaling, bringing report to Jacob. No wonder why brothers hated Joseph. Not only that, he was wearing like colorful robe. It's like all the brothers are getting clothes from like, sorry, like Goodwill or Salvation Army. Hand-me-down clothes. And yet Joseph was wearing like name brand. Like by himself, walking around. The brothers despise Joseph. And when you look at the Bible, Joseph's father, Jacob, went through so much pain like that, right? His father, Isaac, favor Jacob's older brother, Esau. So Jacob has so much pain growing up. 
And somehow he couldn't really deal with it with the maturity and passing down same pain to his children. And don't we experience that sometimes? Like when we grow up, like I don't want to be like my, my dad or my mom, and then we end up like doing exactly the same thing to our children. Or even in our workplace, I'm not going to be like my boss, and then when we get into that position, we do exactly the same thing, or we are worse than our previous boss. And whether we intentionally or unintentionally make a mistake, you know, when we look at like Jacob, like I can totally relate to Jacob because there are so many times I make a mistake to my children. There are many moments that I, I wish I can go back and then do differently. Like I don't deserve to be an amazing father, I don't deserve to be an amazing mother. I don't deserve to be an amazing son, or I don't deserve to be an amazing pastor. There are so many areas that were broken, were immature, were still in progress of God working, building our faith and our character. And there are so many times it's like you don't deserve to be. You are not qualified. You have so many flaws, just like Jacob, just like Joseph. But you know what? God is going to sanctify Joseph. God is going to work in his faith and his character. But it is a great temptation that you and I will fall in. Our trap is that we limit what God is going to do because of our own human qualification. You know what? I don't deserve it. But look at Peter, you know, who grew up in you know, Galilee. All he did was fishing to live and to feed his family. And yet Jesus came and Jesus gave the kingdom dream that you will become fisher of men. And the Holy Spirit comes, he becomes a powerful preacher and preaches a message and then thousands of people come to know Christ. The disciples, a tax collector, outcast, even though they were not qualified from human perspective, when God worked, God's size dream is beyond their limitation and qualification. You know, sometimes we say, well, what about the circumstance? And I'm not just talking about these biblical men and women of God, like Henry Ford, who invented the car. When he was dreaming about car, you know what people did? They criticized and discouraged him saying, hey, we don't even have roads to drive. We don't even have roads for a car. And you're talking about car? And don't we get that sometimes? When we dream. Wright brothers who were dreaming about airplane, their father discouraging them. Flying? What about education? You know, some of us, we think that we're limited by our education. But someone like Dale Moody, who didn't even go to high school, he dreamt about 
saving people's lives through preaching the gospel, and people say, you know what, you are a high school dropout. You are not educated. How are you going to listen to your sermon? You have so many grammatical errors. And someone actually came after his preaching and said, you know what, Mr. Moody, I counted how many times you made a grammatical error, like over 100 times in your sermon. And sometimes, I wonder, sometimes maybe we have people like that in our church. But Mr. Dear Moody said, you know what? That's so true. And yet, even someone like me is preaching the gospel and saving people's lives. What are you doing about your education? What are you doing something about God? God's vision? What of a physical ability? Johnny Erickson Tata, who was paralyzed, had a dream to serve and proclaim the glory of God. What about the language? You know, some, some of us, we think that it's a language thing. When I went to U- United States, I had a chance to meet with Dr. John Kim, who was the founder of JAMA, who brought Jesus' awakening movement. The thousands of young adults and people were revived. And they were repenting and they were coming and committing their lives for Christ. And when I met him, I was surprised because he was speaking broken English. He came like after graduating from university from Korea. But he had a dream and he was not limited by the culture or the language or circumstance. So, brothers and sisters, when God gives Gaza's dream, it is beyond you. Therefore, do not limit God's dream based on your own past or your own qualification or circumstance or anything, even what you're going through right now. Maybe some of us, we think that, you know, our family is in mess. We're going through a lot of turmoil, a lot of situations, difficulties and challenges right now. Dream? I'm just surviving brothers and sisters, that God wants to do new things in your life. As you truly believe, not in your dream, but God. And as you truly believe the work and hands of God who will sanctify the dreamers. Which leads to my last point. God granting God's eyes dream through prayer. If you read the scripture in Genesis chapter 30, so finally, the Joseph's mom, Rachel, received Joseph, the dreamer, as an answer prayer in Genesis chapter 30, verse 22 to 24. Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, saying, May the Lord add to me another son meaning God has washed away my pain. God has washed away my reproach. And that was the answer prayer. Brothers and sisters, you need to listen very carefully. Prayer and dream, they go together. Prayer and God-sized dream go together. 
For example, Daniel, in the book of Daniel. God elevated him and used him as a prime minister. Why? Because he was able to interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream, the king of Babylon. Why? Because Daniel was a man of prayer. And God has given him dreams and visions as well as he was kneeling down and praying before the Lord. Men and women of God who pray, they have great expectation and anticipation from God. That's why they pray. So let me say it the other way around. The fact that some of us, we don't pray to God is because we don't expect much from God. Because if you truly believe that God is in control of your life, if you truly believe the mighty hands of God, that who will do amazing things through your life, how can you not pray? Because God wants to reveal his plan. God wants to reveal his will, his promise, his character, who he is. And he wants to pour out his divine plan through your life when you pray. And this plan is not secret. It's not something that he's hiding all of your life and say, oh, you figure out. It's not hide and seek. He wants to unfold his plan through prayer. When you pray, that he wants to speak to you. When you pray, he wants to lead your path. That's why sometimes it is very uh, unfortunate and ironic because when pastors or when leaders say, you know what, come on guys, we need to pray, we need to pray. Why do we need to really force? It's like, almost like, if you really believe in God, you cannot help but to pray. If you really anticipate and expect something from God, you cannot not pray. Because dream and prayer, they always go hand in hand. I don't know about you, but for me, when I pray, God pours out his dream. If you don't have dream from God, I challenge you for you to pray before the Lord. God, I don't want to waste my life. I know that you have a plan. You have will for my life. God, unfold your dream. God, unfold your vision as I pray and rely upon you. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 17 to 18. It says, In the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, doesn't matter whether you're young, whether you're old or seniors, whether you're male or female, whether you're elite or whether you are a slave.
The fact that we don't have God-sized dream is not because we are not qualified, because we haven't been trusting in God to give us dreams. Parents, I want you to dream dreams for your children. But again, it's not human dream, night dreaming, or initiated by you, but beyond your pain, beyond your qualification. Something about God. And God is going to sanctify. God is going to lead. Last Sunday, Pastor Changsu was sharing dreams. You know, some of us, we have dreams through our church. Like counseling center. We dream about our next generation. We dream about our, you know, our congregation members who are struggling with a disability. We dream about our seniors. We dream about families. Families that are really struggling to raise next generation. Families that are struggling in their marriage. We dream dreams for the next 10 years. Again, it's not out dreaming God's plan. You know, a saddest family, saddest marriage is a marriage that do not dream. Simply make living. When husband and wife living and pursuing their marriage and yet no God-sized dream, the saddest church or congregation is a congregation that has no dream. The saddest young men are the ones, the men, young men and young women of God do not have dreams for their future. So today, I would like us to come back before the Lord once again. If God is in control of our lives, if God is a plan, let's come back before the Lord and let God initiate. God gives us a dream. And may our dream be daydream. Opening our spiritual eyes to see what God is doing in our lives. And we walk together with God. That God's grace and dream will be poured out upon our lives. Let's pray together.